Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Seeker Podcast, that service of change, where we challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. It's been two weeks since my last show. Life has been hectic, but things have calmed down for me now. The school year has ended. I'm on, quote, summer break, but it's nothing like a break at all because I have just so much on my plate, so much to get to, but the show should be back on its regular schedule right now. I actually have guests that are lining up to come onto the show for the upcoming months. It should prove to be an exciting summer here at the Seeker Podcast as things are expanding. Things are growing, so stay tuned for more information on that later in the show on this episode of the Seeker Podcast. I want to talk about manifesting your dreams, turning your goals into reality. I've got some personal experience and then some other resources that I'm going to share with you to review. And of course, I'm going to talk about the news as well. Before I get into that, uh, one of the driving factors behind this show, today is Friday, June 16th, 2017. Four years ago today on this date, it was Father's Day. It was my first Father's Day as a new father. My son was not even a year old. And it was the day that we lost my father's, the four-year anniversary of my father's death. This is a date I normally don't acknowledge, don't remember. I actually had to text my brother a few days ago just to find out for sure when uh, when that day was, what that specific date was, because I, I, I try not to give that uh, that sad day any of my energy. But I do, I do remember it. I do acknowledge it, and and it was a day that was, um, that really sparked the driving force behind me doing this show, behind my newest book, uh, I am human, food for the archons. I'm my free ebook, I'm human, who are not we, who we think we are. That was all driven by what happened behind, you know, to my father. And it's when I decided that I'm no longer going to be a quiet voice. I'm not going to be embarrassed to share and talk about conspiracy theories publicly. I find that I used to be afraid to put certain things out there on Facebook and say certain things to friends of mine in my social circles. And even in my profession as a teacher, I, I kind of kept my mouth shut. I was, I was in the closet about a lot of things. But as you listen to my show, you understand, like, there's a lot of good research out there and a lot of good evidence. But furthermore, I think my father's death, if it couldn't have been prevented, it could have happened a much different way. He could have transitioned a lot easier. Um, 
so I, I want to share th- I share things that I learned because I hope that you can take the information that I found and and minimize the suffering in your own life or in the lives of your families and hopefully prevent some of these tragedies from happening. I'm very taken by a quote. I, I've studied the Mayan Popol Vuh, which is you know tied into their creation myth, and there's a line in there toward the end of the of the myth by the hero twins after they have gone down in Shibaba and they they basically taken out the gods. Uh, who have done some horrible things, and they killed their father. And and what they say at the end is, we, those whom you see here then, are the avengers of the torments and suffering of our fathers. I love that line. And it resonates so strongly with me because they did take revenge on the gods for what they did to their father, how they killed their father. I'm actually thinking about getting that tattooed on me somewhere. That line just resonates with me. But what I want to do is I want to read the introduction. This This is an first time release here of what I'm about to share. This is a big deal um, with Food for the Archons. This book is going to be huge. I uh, I just, I've been stuck because I want this research to be good. I want the analysis to be good, I, I, be, to be excellent. I want it to, I want it to really mean something and resonate with, with my readers. And I'm taking the time and the care. So I spent, I had to walk away from the book for a few months because, well, because I had the baby and everything too, but I just, I, I couldn't get the words right in, in this one particular chapter where I'm discussing who, what the archons are and a comparison to the modern day Bible in Genesis and comparison to some other works uh, by Bob Monroe, by Carlos Castaneda, by a whole slew of other uh, authors and experiencers, you know, and, and the theme is basically, you know, People in ancient times had all these mystical divine experiences, and that becomes religion today. And everybody takes it as fact and as word. Not everybody, but people who are religious. But when somebody today has a spiritual experience, myself included, I've had several, you know, of these experiences, were looked at as lunatics. What's the difference? What has changed? Why can't we accept that people today still continue to have these types of experiences that are the same things that were talked about in these ancient texts? So that's kind of where I was going with that chapter and, and, and bringing it home and tying everything together nicely, and I'm excited about it. Um, so look forward to those coming releases. But I want to read the introduction here to my book, and I hope that, um, I hope that it resonates with you. It's very personal. Uh, and again, this was inspired by my father. <clears throat> As I watched my father convulse helplessly during his final seizure, a terrifying realization overcame me. It was unobserved with my eyes, but felt throughout my body as he lay there, shaking, dying. It was killing my father, and we stood there watching him suffering in pain, wasting away to a frail, confused fragment of what he once was. When he stopped shaking, there was a moment of silence, and then the screaming started. He screamed for over an hour in pain, and we can only assume he was having yet another massive stroke. His breathing was labored, and he fought for each breath despite our requests for him to let go. He would not give up, but as the minutes dripped by like hours, I began to suspect that he was unable to do so. Something was keeping him alive, and after denying its existence for so long, my conscious mind finally started to accept the possibility of its presence. Although my father was the one being tortured, it was us that it wanted. Like an enemy sniper who painfully wounds a soldier in battle to draw the rest of the group into an ambush, my father lay as helpless bait while we were helplessly pulled into an emotional trap. It was not our physical bodies that it wanted, but our emotional output that it craved. With each scream of pain or gasp for air, our sadness grew heavier and more massive. 
like a thick energetic soup that flowed from our hearts just waiting for them to suck it down. It was then that I finally accepted a terrifying possibility. They're out there, just beyond our perception. They're always out there, and they have been for an incredibly long time, feeding on us and preying on our fears and emotions like a leech burrowed deeply in our cold, dark shadows of our minds. So that experience with, with my father, with losing my father, I, I, went, I went nuts after he passed because I had a realization, and it wasn't an imaginary thing. It was an intuitive connection that I had. I had some visions during that time. I had some psychic downloads during that transition period. And in my head, I'm going, this is crazy. How can this be real? It, it, number one, it's a surreal thing to lose a parent and watch it happen. But I, I had all this information in my head, and I walked out of there going, oh my gosh, there are there, there's something else beyond what we can see that affects us on the other side. I don't even know if the other side is the right term, but something that can impact our lives today, right here, right now, that probably is influencing us right here and right now. I had no way to prove it. I'd heard rumors of it. I heard, I think David Icke had mentioned something about it, but I, 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 that's all I knew. And I started doing some research and that is what has manifested through this book. Now, when I wrote this, I was in that dark place and I'm keeping this introduction as, as dark as it sounds because that's, that's what I was feeling afterwards. But the rest of the book has evolved into what I think is one of the, I, I think it's, it's, it's hope. I think this is our greatest resistance right here at change because I, I, I identified what this dark force was. And through that identification process, I believe I have found vulnerability. I believe I have found resistance. I think what I've uncovered in this book, what I've put together in this book, is the equivalent of discovering a germ. And now we have ways of fighting germs to prevent disease. What this book turns into is ways of identifying these parasites to prevent them from having the negative impacts they do on human energy. That's what this book has become. When I started writing it, it was this, be afraid, we're screwed. That's how I felt about this. No longer is that the case. I've done my homework, and what this book is is an empowering journey saying, hey, this stuff exists. It may be scary at first. It, you may go through some cognitive dissonance because there's going to be some paradigm shifts if you're not, if you're not aware of this stuff yet. But it's there. I think the research is solid, and I think that this can be very empowering for those of us that are facing those dark shadows in our lives. I think it can be very helpful. So if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Secret Newsletter. It's a free newsletter that comes out every week. It has the show. It has the show notes in there. Uh, and it has some updates from me, and it's it's the best way because we know social media is all about making money now. So my stuff's not getting shown the way I would like it to. Um, the newsletter is the best way to go. And you'll also get book one in this series, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, which sets the stage for book two, Food for the Archons, which should be coming out hopefully within the next couple of months is my goal. So please, you know, I took the time on this. It's about my father. I... I I needed to put that out there today. Please check it out. Please uh, sign up for that newsletter because it's the best way to stay connected with me if you're enjoying the show. And if you are enjoying the show, I'm going to ask you, 
please take the time, send this to somebody, send my shows, you know, on your social media feeds, have the courage to share that stuff now if you enjoy the show. That's all I'm asking. Please share this stuff because I'm trying to grow the show. I, I, since I've been off the last couple months, you know, my listenership has dropped a little bit. I need to get that back up and we need to expand that. We need to get this message out there. There is a new platform that's coming up online that, that uh, myself and, and Ray, author Ray Davis are putting together. I'm excited about this platform. Uh, you know, I've been in touch with Ray. You know, our lives have been crazy. It seems like as soon as Ray and I decided, hey, we're going to build this new platform. We've got a great idea of how we're going to get this out to a lot of people, and, and we're pulling in a lot of resources here. Uh, as soon as we announced that, it seems like both him and I got slammed in so many different directions. And I, I say that's that's the universe working against us. Not the universe, but I sometimes suspect that these forces on the other side throw everything they can at you to try to slow you down well guess what we are not deterred we're still here and we're going strong i'm going to have him on it sounds like i just got an email from him at midnight last night he's so busy but i think someday one day this week him and i are going to finally get to link up and we're going to do a whole show talking about what's going on in our lives and what's coming on with these podcasts um I'm sorry, what's coming on with our new platform? Always a great interview with Ray Davis. Check him out when you get a chance. He's working on his newest books, uh, you know, the second in the, uh, the Anunnaki Awakening series. Very good author, very talented author. Um, so more to come from Ray in the very near future. You're going to want to stay tuned and hear what we have going on with that. Let's do some news stories before we jump into uh, manifesting our goals here. From Yahoo News, UK survey finds 28,000 plant species for medical use. London AFP, more than 28,000 species of plants around the world have a medical use, but poor documentation means people are not making the most of the health benefits, according to a survey released on Thursday. Now, this is uh, dated May 17th. told you it's been a while. This article came out May 17th. Britain's Royal Botanic Gardens at Kew in London recorded 28,187 species in its latest annual survey and said it was probably a very conservative figure. New plants discovered over the past year include nine species of a climbing vine used in the treatment of Parkinson's disease, the survey found. The report is highlighting the huge potential that there is for plants in areas like diabetes and malaria, said Monique Simmons, deputy director of science at the world-famous botanical group. The report said two plants... Amstermissin and quinine are among the most important weapons against malaria, which killed over 400,000 people in 2015. Again, you can you have to read this article. I will have the links in my show notes. It'll be in the newsletter. Um, check it out. You're going to want to read the rest of this. But this this is what makes me mad. This is one of the reasons that my father suffered so much is because this information is repressed. We know that big pharma steps in and it repressed this research. They don't put this research out there. They skew their own research to make it look like the pills are better, but there are plant-based cures that are out there. I've been studying this now <clears throat> for a little over four years. I just got into it just before my father died, but I really started a big push after he died. I can't, I can't remember the last time I took a pharmaceutical drug, with the exception of the, uh, you know, I'm on thyroid medication right now, which I'm in the process of getting ready to wean myself off of it and move to a more uh, plant-based solution. But I've cut out everything else, and I'm using all natural stuff. And, and I'm going to tie back to this with, uh, you know, manifesting your dreams and, and your goals because... 
I've had some opportunities to, to work with some people that are close to me who have been sick, who have come down with ailments, and, and send them some natural-based stuff to help them heal their bodies as well. So I will come back to this momentarily. Next story, the Pentagon is building robotic wingmen to fly alongside fighter planes. This is dated June 14th from the Washington Post. That's what I love here. You know, I'm not a fan of mainstream media, but these things that were once conspiracy theories are in mainstream sources now. I take this as vindication, as liberation. Years ago, you talk about this stuff. Robots are coming out. Oh my gosh, it's scary. People are like, ah, you conspiracy theorists. But it's mainstream stuff now. A lot of the stories that I talk about, I'm able to find a mainstream story about it. So that conspiracy theorist label, it, it, you know, it doesn't need the stigma that it once had because all this stuff is out there now. Go back and listen to my old shows. You'll find it. Look at my WikiLeaks stuff. That stuff's huge. <clears throat> a Pentagon effort to... Inc Incubate businesses in Silicon Valley may be bearing some of its first fruit as a San Diego company rolls out a set of new drones it says could accompany human pilot fighters into combat. On Tuesday, Crowdus Defense and Security Solutions officially announced two new classes of drones designed to function as robotic wingmen for fighter pilots. Development of the UTAP-22 Mako has been funded by the Defense Department's Silicon Valley Laboratory, dubbed DIUX. Separately, the company showed off a larger 30-foot long drone backed by the Air Force called XQ-222 Valkyrie. Well, that's an interesting name, Valkyrie. With a range of more than 4,000 nautical miles. Crowdus is promoting the pilotless planes at the Paris Air Show next week in preparation for a new round of testing. More to this in the show notes at serviceofchange.com. You'll find the links to the Washington Post article. Again, this reminds me of Skynet, if you remember one of the uh, earlier, and it's a fictional work, obviously, talking about the Terminator series, but one of their earlier uh, inventions in that series was the uh, autonomous aircraft. You saw it in the third series, how that thing was flying around on its own, going after John Connor and uh, the character played by Claire Danes. So, um, interesting how you know, what was once fiction seems to really, in fact, be coming reality. Is that a manifestation? I talked about this with our Hollywood-type stuff as well. I'm going to get it back into that. Uh, I'll come back to that as well when, when I talk about, you know, manifesting your dreams and goals and stuff. More robot stuff from Business Insider, Tech Insider. This robot-powered restaurant is one step closer to putting fast food workers out of a job, is the title. Let's see here. A secretive robotics startup has raised a new round of venture funding as part of its quest to replace humans with robots in the kitchens of fast food restaurants. Momentum Machines secured over $18 million in financing according to an SEC filing in May. The startup has generated investments from the top VC firms Google Ventures and Koshla Ventures in the past. In 2012, Momentum Machines debuted a robot that could crank out 400 made-to-order hamburgers in an hour. It's fully autonomous, meaning the machine can slice toppings, grill a patty, and assemble a bag of, and bag a burger without any help from humans. The company has been working on its first retail location since at least June of last year. There's still no scheduled opening date for the flagship, though it's expected to be located in the San Francisco South of Market neighborhood. More to this, more than more on this in the show notes. But again. You know, this is what's frustrating. You have so many people at fast food places demanding a, a higher uh, minimum wage, better standard of living for them. I covered this, I think, at Wendy's restaurant. They offer, they gave them the higher minimum wage, but then they got rid of a bunch of employees because they put the autonomous kiosks inside the stores so they didn't need people to take the orders anymore. So the industry is changing. The world is changing. We are developing a greater dependency on robots to do work that people normally do. 
they say by 2030, nobody's going to own a car anymore. That's going to, uh, you know, that's a, that's a getting a lot of big attention right now. Uh, they're going to have these autonomous drone services that are out there. Uh, I, I think, mean, come on, the world is changing rapidly. Are we going to be able to survive in terms of having some kind of means to support our families with all these changes coming about, you need to start planning ahead for this right now. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's not this random sci-fi idea. It's happening, and it's happening right now. So you need to be aware of this. You need to start planning for this. Okay, this one from the Los Angeles Times. Off this, this one I like. It's an empowering story. Advertisers are in the hot seat as activists both for and against Trump call for boycotts. It's come to feel like a weekly, even daily occurrence following a media firestorm, usually related in some way to President Trump. Advertisers face calls to sever ties with the company at the center of the outrage du jour or else suffer a public publicity crisis. In the days leading up to Megyn Kelly's interview with Alec Jones, activists are demanding advertisers dump the NBC broadcast, claiming the show is giving a platform to the pro- Trump host of InfoWars. The web-based video and radio network has been criticized by many as a promoter of conspiracy theories, including repeatedly suggesting the shooting that killed 26 people at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton, Connecticut in 2012 was a hoax. Earlier this week, Bank of America and Delta Airlines dropped their sponsorships of the public theater staging of Shakespeare's Julius Caesar in New York, following an online furor over a scene in which the title character, dressed to resemble Trump, is stabbed to death. Okay, Point being here, advertisers are being affected. Consumers, if we could just unite, I say this all the time, if we could pick a common goal, but we can't because it seems like the people, we are so divided. And that's step one. Understand, once you understand the game, and I'm referring to this as a game, you can sidestep it and stop playing the game. We have been divided through our racial differences, through our political views and belief systems and through a whole slew of other things to keep us fighting amongst ourselves. Now, those who have been able to organize strongly are able to organize boycotts and target, if you target a network and you say, we are not watching your show, we are not watching your network, we are not consuming your news, well now you're hitting them financially because their advertisers who invest millions and billions of dollars into them are going to say, we're pulling your funding. That's resistance. That's revolution. You don't need to go take to the streets and start screaming and protesting because in reality what you're doing is you're giving these news outlets another story to cover to further their own agenda saying, see you people are bad. See you people are idiots. See you people are causing problems. Stop giving them fuel and something to spin. I know it's not the same emotional payoff. You're not going to get that discharge of screaming at someone and getting your anger out by simply not going to Walmart. But that is how you enact change. Just do something different, and you're going to hit them financially. I guarantee it. But we need to organize. We need to stop fighting amongst ourselves. It's okay if we feel differently, but we need to stop fighting about it. I stopped playing the political game. I've got people in my family who no longer talk to me because I didn't vote, but that's the way it goes. I'm not going to play this game anymore. All right. Here we go. My last news story. SpaceX to demonstrate weekly launch in cadence. Three launches in 14 days. This comes to us from uh, teslarati.com. SpaceX is in the process of preparing to launch Bulgari Sat-1 with the first attempt scheduled for Saturday, June 17th, between 2.10 and 4.10 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Bulgaria. Sat-1 will be Bulgaria's second satellite ever and will act as telecommunications hub in geostationary orbit around 30,000 miles above Earth. Following a highly successful launch and docking of the 11th cargo mission of its Dragon spacecraft, Launch Complex 39A has since undergone routine checks to verify its condition and has likely been lightly repaired. The static fire for the upcoming mission is scheduled as early as tomorrow. Both the static fire and launch were pushed back two days due to a 48-hour delay in CRS-11 launch. Okay, this came out on June 12th. I, I'll tell you, I've been so busy, I don't know if that's launched or not. So I'll have the rest of this in the show notes, but Tesla's putting stuff up into space rapid fire, it seems like. Um, again, a lot of big things going on. I've, I've constantly tracked some of the stuff that's going on with SpaceX uh, you, you know, and again, they're they're moving towards uh, pushing us into space faster as well. The, I'm telling you, the future is now. So check this out. It'll be in the show notes. I thought that it was uh, was interesting. All right, I want to talk about uh, manifesting your dreams, turning your dreams into reality, manifesting your goals. It's something that I've been working feverishly at. Um, you know, working really hard to to manifest my own dreams. I remember when I first wrote my first book, Service to Soldier's Journey. I was getting up at fourth. I, my, when I was finishing up this book, it, was, it took me five years to write that book. And when I was in the final, it was like my ninth edit. And oh my gosh, it was a disaster. It was so much work. I needed to get this book done. My son was a, a, a few months old. I was exhausted. I was, t- I was teaching was in, in the, you know, the beginning of the school year. I was getting up at, you know, after... My wife did most of the wake-ups because she was breastfeeding, but I'd get up with her. I'd wake up. I'd help her. I'd change the diaper when I could. And, you know, I was exhausted, but I'd get, I'd get up at 4.30 every morning so I could sit at my desk and edit for an hour in the morning to get that book done. It's a 500-page book. It's a great book. Check it out if you get a chance. It's at the bookstore. It serves to change. Here's my plug. But I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning to make that dream a reality. You know, when you want your dreams to come true, it's not just, oh, I wish my dream would come true. I wish I'd write a book. The book didn't write itself. You got to put in hard work. But there's more to it. But that's one of the things that I did. I got up at 4.30 every morning, wrote my book. Then I'd go to work and I'd teach all day. I'd come home, take care of the baby. And if I had time at night, I'd sit there and I'd edit at night. That work ethic hasn't changed for me. I got up at 5.30 this morning to do this show. And then I'm going to do yoga and then I'm going to get my, you know, get my day started. And I'll be working a whole slew of other things, even though I'm, quote, on vacation. Like I said, I got a lot of stuff in the, in the works because I have dreams and goals with this company, with this show, with what I'm doing, with my books. It's going to happen and it's going to be big because I understand the formula now. But I remember sitting there thinking to myself as I'm editing one morning, I would love to have my own radio show. I would love to have my own network. I would love to have my own brand, my own website. I had this whole vision of what I'd love to do. And I said, I would love to just have this house somewhere up in the mountains where I could do my show and talk about, have the courage to talk about conspiracy stuff. Now, this this book that I wrote, Service, was all about, uh, you know, it's Service to Soldier's Journey, Counterintelligence, Law Enforcement, and the Violence of Urban Education. So it was a book about military law enforcement and the crisis that we're facing in education right now. I had no idea how I was going to make the transition from that what I was trying to market to the stuff that I'm talking about, oh my gosh, right now. I, I didn't know how I was going to make that transition. But it was something I put out there, something that I've been working towards. 
and it all ha- I live in the mountains right now. I have my own office in my you know in my home, and I do a weekly podcast talking about the, everything that I, ha- I wanted to do. I manifested that. I made that dream a reality. Now the show is not where I want it yet, but that is also coming. That is also in the works. I am confident in that. I know that this show is going to get where I wanted to get. It's going to get the attention that I know that this show deserves because I understand the formula. I manifested that dream, and that's a big deal. And this isn't anything about bragging or, or, or me saying that I'm great because, again, right now the show's not where I want it to be. But it's something that you can do as well. And that's one of the things in this world. If you find yourself working a nine-to-five and saying, what's the point of this life here? What am I contributing to this world? Do you feel good about what you're doing every single day? If you found your passion and you love it, that's great. Good for you. You're ahead of the game. For, for, for you out there who are doing a job that you hate, well, what are you doing to better that situation besides complaining about it? What work are you putting in? Because you're not going to be able to just quit your job and go to school full-time in most cases to, to have this whole new career. You probably don't have the money or the time or the resources to do it. So if you want something better, you want something different, you're going to have to be tired. You're going to have to be a little stressed. You're going to have to be frustrated at times. This work, your dreams manifest in the early morning hours and the late evenings at this stage in the game. That's when it gets done. That's when you put in the work. But it can happen. You just have to want it. You have to put the work into it. I I recently played something for my students um, to try to motivate them before graduation. It was a a compilation of of Will Smith interviews. And one of the things he says, he says he works harder than anybody he knows. And he flat out says he understands the way the universe operates now. And once he gets an idea in his head, once he has an idea, and he's so confident when he says it, he says, once I decide I'm going to do it, it's already done. I just have to go through the steps to get there. But in my head, it's done. He knows that the goal he set, it's already accomplished. He just now has to go through the process of getting to that final stage. That's how confident he is because he knows how to put intention out there into the universe and he does it. He said, he flat out said, I am willing to die on a treadmill. And he went through to explain that, meaning if the if there was a competition, if somebody says, I'm gonna see who can stop first, me or you, Will Smith, he says, If I once I commit to it, I will die on this treadmill before I stop. So either you have to stop or you have to die in order to beat me. That's how confident, that's how driven the man is. And I get it. I understand that mindset. He, he flat says, you need to be willing to die for your beliefs. And that sounds harsh, but at the same time, I get it. I believe in what I'm doing so strongly. I have just that, I, I will not stop. I will keep going. You see everything that I've been through in my life, and it just makes me want it more. And that's the level of commitment that it sometimes takes to manifest our goals. And if you're not feeling that level of commitment to it, well, then maybe your goal really isn't worth it. But find your passion. I've been reading a book. Again, I had to put it down. It's an audio book um, just because I didn't have the time during the school year to devote the, the level of attention that's needed to, to follow this whole book through. It's a training course. It's called Hands-On Healing, a training course in the energy cure by William, William Bankston. I, I've mentioned this book in a previous show. I'll have the links to it in my show notes again. But this book, this guy, I heard him on the Higher Side Chats, and it was a great interview. And he found a technique. He, he's a researcher 
that he's measured through the scientific process, the scientific method of energy healing in treating cancer. It's wonderful research the way he talks about this is, is using human energy healing to, to cure. He's curing tumors in rats, getting rid of them completely. It's a fascinating story the way he tells it. And he has a process that he goes through. I've started that process learning this technique. Like I said, I had to put it on hold for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to pull it up my notes here. I take notes on it here. Um, but one of the ways he prepares you to be a healer, he says it's, he calls it rapid image cycling. And you have to have these images in your head that you go through. And those images are personal things that you want to manifest in your life. So the first stage of this training that he goes through, you have to make a list. Now, again, don't take my word for this. You need to listen to his book. You need to listen to his audio book and hear the way he explains it. I'm just kind of giving you a summary. I think it's worth, I think it's really worth checking out. But you have to make a list of everything that you want. Okay, no matter how crazy it sounds, put it on your list. If you want a million dollars, then put a million dollars on there. But he goes into more detail of explaining how to put down what it is that you want. He says, don't just put that you want a million dollars. Why do you want a million dollars? What would you do with that million dollars? Well, if I want a million dollars because I want a bigger house, I want to travel. So don't put the million dollars down, put down what you would do with that. So I made my own list of things that I wanted. And uh, let's see, I'll share a couple of them, uh, you know, that I have on here, let's see, that, that have already started to manifest for me. One of them is, you know, I have training and certification in nutrition and herbal medicine with a strong understanding of how to use that knowledge to help others. Okay, uh, I, there are some training courses that are up and coming that I'm hoping to get myself into. Um, you know, this ties into my Reiki training that I have that I'm looking to expand upon as well. But one of my visualizations is, you know, what I visualize is when I close my eyes, I actually put myself in my kitchen with a slew of herbs and my cutting boards and, you know, um, my food processor and things that I use to make medicine for people uh, and for my family. I visualize myself with that, with a feeling of confidence, with a feeling of I'm helping somebody. That's what I picture. And I have that, I played that scenario. First time it took me like five minutes to sit there and actually think of what that looks like, what that feels like. And what I'm doing, I'm pre-programming my subconscious. I'm instilling that level of confidence. Like, this is the feeling. This is what it looks like. This is what it is. Because this is something that's important to me in my life. And what I've noticed since I've started running that image through my head, and it's the intention, it's the feeling, it's not the I want this. Because when you say I want this, what you're reinforcing is I don't have it. What I'm putting in my head, and this is how you communicate with the, with the universe. This is how you put it out there. I have that feeling of it's already happened when I see that image in my mind. It's a feeling of confidence, a feeling of this is what it looks like, this is what it feels like, I have it, now I'm just going through the steps to, to actually manifest it. I have that image in there. Since I started doing that, I've had people reach out to me, talk to me, hey, I'm dealing with this ailment, hey, I've got this going on. I've been able to pull my little bit of knowledge, my resources, and organize myself in a way that I've never been organized before and actually help people and actually say, hey, try this. I've, I've come across so easily peer-reviewed research on, on certain herbs and certain medicines. As I said earlier, you know, I wanted to come back to that survey out of the UK about all the plant-based medicine stuff that's out there. Um, 
you know, it's it's happening. It is manifesting before me, which is has just been an incredible thing for me watching this happen. So this this process, although I'm not through the process into the actual healing part yet, with uh, you know the energy healing part with what this book is trying to aim, I'm starting to see the manifestation of some of these things that I've been working towards. Uh, there's another one here. Uh, let's do one more. I have a beautiful landscape property with walking paths and lots of herbs and plants that grow enough food and medicine for my family and friends. That's another part of, of what I want, what I'm what I want to manifest. And when I envision that, I envision walking through my property with the paths and the and the herbs and everything growing the way I want to. Well, you know, just last week my wife and I were talking, looking, you know, on things that we could do around the house since I'm home now. And we, we went to work and I'm completely redid my backyard and we have a little path back there. We're building a garden back there and, uh, you know, it's happening. It's manifesting. And it's not just because I'm sitting there hoping, hoping, hoping again. That's the first step is you need to have the right thought process, not I want this. It's I have this. Here it is. I can see it. I can walk the path in my mind. I can see where the different rocks are laid. I can feel the mulch in my hands if I bend down to pick it up. I see this property that I have in my mind. It's there. I've manifested that in my mind because what that does, again, go back to my heart math stuff. There's an electromagnetic signal that comes out of your heart. That's how we communicate with the universe. That's how I'm reprogramming the universe for my reality. I'm putting it out there so the universe understands this is what needs to happen next. That's the language that's there. Life. And, and again, don't say I want a million dollars. I want a nice car. Like, really take your time and think about what would make you happy. Alan Watts says, what would, what would you do if money were no object? Figure that out. If money didn't matter, what would you be doing with your life? Visualize that. You can make that happen. I'm not saying it's easy, but the first step is making that list and then learning to visualize it and manifest it. But in your mind, you can't say, I want this. I hope this. You have to know this. This is coming. It's it's not as easy as it sounds, but you have to reprogram the way our heart and our minds interact with one another and interact with the universe around us. But it's possible. That is the language. That is what we've forgotten. We've forgotten how to use this, how to use this intuitive sense, this intuitive drive to manifest our dreams and our realities. You need to know whatever it is that you want is going to happen. You can do it. I'll have the links to this book and other stuff that I've talked about to the Will Smith interview uh, in the show notes as well. I think it's well worth your time. But again, we can manifest our dreams, turn them into reality, but it takes work and it takes a different state of mind in order to get there. Yes, does sometimes things just fall into our laps? Absolutely, and that's a wonderful thing. But for the most part, it's hard work. But if you love what you're doing, it doesn't bother you. You enjoy it. You, you are thankful for every opportunity you have to work on manifesting your dream. Okay. I've gone, uh, I've gone over my time here, but I covered some things that I think are very important. Uh, I love being on the air. I'm sorry I missed the past couple of weeks. Like I said, things should be more consistent for me now that I'm home despite having three very hyper and needy children, one being three months old who tends to keep us up and constantly on our toes during the day. But it's all good. It's all worth it. Uh, again, I love what I do. Look for more updates for Food for the Archons. Check out my Instagram feed. I've been putting a, a lot of effort onto the Instagram page. More to come on that. 
uh, as well. I'd love you to follow me on there as well. Let me manifest more followers. Let's see if I can pull that off. But again, in all seriousness, if you like the show, please hit that share button. It would really, really help me out. It takes just two seconds to do. Even if you think I'm a weirdo, say, hey, check this weirdo out. What do you think he's, what do you think of the stuff he's saying? But I found that people in my life, when I finally am able to share some of my stuff with them, they'll say, you know what? I think about this stuff all the time too. You know, and I think there's more of us out there, especially after the last election, who realize the world isn't what it seems. And they look for opportunities to discuss it because I think all of us feel a little nutso but in reality, I think a lot more of us are thinking this stuff than we realize. So let's keep that discussion going. Let's talk about things that we think are uncomfortable and make those discussions comfortable. I'm going to close out this show I've, uh, if I have the time, uh, which I do actually. Let me let me rephrase that. I'm going to close out this show with some music that I've been working on. I downloaded GarageBand a few months ago, and at night when I'm rocking my daughter, try, trying to put her to sleep or whatever, uh, you know, on my phone I've been playing around and, and, and making some music, compiling some music uh, based on the loops that they have in there and I'm, I'm really enjoying this. So I'm going to close out the show with, uh, with a new song that I've put together so I, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of the Secret Podcast where small changes among the masses have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning.